Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis, Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I am so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note, I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor or mental health professional first. Today, we are discussing all my health problems, <laughs> as we usually do, right? And it's all aimed to help you. But it's like, I feel like I keep piling this shit on and I'm 92 years old, which I'm actually not 92 years old. And it's just all you can do at this point or all I can do is just laugh because you have to have a sense of humor with it or else you'll just be depressed and crying all day. And, you know, I keep adding to my protocol, as you will see, but I keep seeing a lot of improvement. So if I wasn't, then, okay, that's one thing, but I'm seeing a lot of improvement and that is a wonderful thing. So I'm just going to keep along this journey and try to help myself and help you, hopefully in the meantime. So today we are discussing how to interpret neuroquant results N-acetylglucosamine for leaky gut and progesterone imbalance. Before we start, I just want to say that I have seen that a good amount of you have signed up for my UC newsletter, or I call it the Healing IBD newsletter, and I know <laughs> I've been lacking in that, but that is something that I plan to do maybe this month more like next month in November 2023. I have some ideas. I have some holiday ideas. So look for that in your inbox in the next month or so. And then I also have, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm recording with someone next week. So I should have an interview for you next week. I may, I may not, but if I do, it's a phenomenal one. I'm really excited about the person I am talking to. I've been talking about SIRS lately, chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And I know some of you may be saying, well, I'm on this podcast for UC, but this has everything to do with UC. Because if you remember a couple episodes ago, I said that my SIRS doctor told me that she wasn't sure if my UC flare and UC in general is caused from this chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which means we cannot drain toxins in the body properly like a normal person. Is it from that or is it from something else? Is it from a combination of that and genetics? So talking about SIRS is something that I'm going to continue to do. It's obviously not going to be every episode, but I've pinpointed it as the reason or one of the major reasons I have UC. Now, I think it's probably my genetics, though I don't know my genetics. I'm adopted. I think that has a play in it. I ate a shitty diet for a really long time. I'm just going to be honest. You know, certain things and also unaddressed trauma was there in my system. So I think it's many things, but we need to keep talking about SIRS and I'm going to really tie it into UC specifically today. And now I know, and you're going to find out a little later, it's 100% that the reason I have SIRS is from mold exposure that I believe was from my parents' house growing up. And 
it stays in you and you have to figure out through binders and through the SERS protocol how to expel it from your system. And you need a professional to help you with that. I have two professionals helping me with that. And it's been a godsend. So, all right. So let's talk about what I started to talk about last week, which was NeuroQuant. NeuroQuant is a special brain MRI that measures any signs of atrophy and asymmetry in the brain, which shows early detection of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, Huntington's, etc. I found a facility that does NeuroQuant and takes my insurance. Now, here's the deal, guys. You may have an imaging facility near you. Not a lot of them do NeuroQuant. So you are probably going to have to be traveling to that nearest city or large town. If you live in the middle of nowhere, there's a really good chance that that small family imaging center in your small little town doesn't do it. So I just want everyone to know that. Out-of-pocket cost for NeuroQuant without contrast. So contrast is when they put the liquid in you so they can light up everything. I did not have that. My NeuroQuant was without contrast. It cost $2,300 in the New York City area as of late 2023. My insurance covered almost all of the cost, which I'm so grateful for. So I paid $148 and 43 cents out of pocket. I had told you a couple episodes ago that so far I think I was up to 952, let's just say $953 for my SIRS treatment and protocol and all of that, including the office visits and the testing and the blood work because insurance covered a lot of it. So that so far added to $953, and now you would be adding on this, the $148, and then later you'll hear I've added on $25. I'm really keeping track of this for you guys, so now I am over that $1,000 mark, so I want everyone to know that. I look at this sometimes when I have to add up the costs, and it upsets me, not so much for myself. I mean, it's obviously not, I don't love just spending money like water. Who does? I mean, unless you're spending it on something fun, but you know, it really upsets me because I think about someone who let's say is low income, has a few kids, is suffering from this. How the hell are you just going to put out a thousand dollars when you have barely any money for food and you're going to a food pantry and I volunteered at a food pantry so I've seen it up close and personal and that's why I'm so grateful every time I go to the grocery store and say thank you so much for these groceries because of that whole experience any of you out there listening to this you're in that position just take the bits and pieces that I'm telling you and see what you can apply that would be free or a lot less money and just do the research yourself. It's no money, you guys, to go on the internet and research. It's I know it's still, to some people, $15 is a lot. So you can take that vision test on survivingmold.com. That's $15. You can take the mocha test. That's free that I had in last episode. So when you're listening to this and you get upset or depressed about the prices, I will always mention free options. I will always mention low cost options. So just, um, you know, do the best you can. All right, so let's go back to NeuroQuant. (laughs) Now that I'm off that whole tangent. Okay, so what you do, you go into the imaging center 
They call your name. Oh, by the way, the lady pronounced my last name right, which happens maybe once to twice a year. And I told her this was a once a year. So very impressive. You remove all your clothes, hair clips. I would imagine I don't wear jewelry. I imagine jewelry as well, except for your underwear or your little undies, meaning you have to remove your, if you're a I shouldn't say woman, Uh, if you're whoever (laughs) and you wear a bra, you have to remove that bra as well. They give you a gown. It's open to the back. If you're modest, um, I get that this may be a little much. I'm not modest. I lived in Eastern Europe for two years. And when you go to a doctor to get checked out, they just don't give you a gown. You have to strip down. If you have to go from one area of the office to the other area, you walk around naked. So I think that experience between that and constantly doing naked sauna with strangers (laughs) just pushed the modesty out of me, just beat it out of me. So I'm not really that modest. And sometimes when I get into these situations, I almost forget, even though, hello, I'm, I am American and I've been back in the U S for 20 something years. Sometimes I'll get in these situations and I'll forget to, you know, you have to hold the back of the gown or tie the back of the gown. I'm like, fuck it. Like, here's my ass. I don't care. Like, (laughs) you've seen, come on, like people walk in there all the time naked. So I don't know. Anyway, I don't know why I'm digressing today, but I just, I'm in the mood. I'm in the flow. So you get into the machine, you're lying on your back, they insert earplugs and they put a warm blanket over you. Oh boy, you guys, you just wait for it. Ready for this one? They put a hockey mask type of plastic over your face and it has holes. Now I'm saying hockey mask because that's the nearest thing to it. But what it really reminded me of was a neck brace. Think about if someone has gotten in a car accident and they have that neck brace, but it has holes, imagine, and they put it over your face and it's maybe half an inch away from your face. I'm not even lying, maybe less. And they insert you in the tube. So now I'm not claustrophobic, but if I was claustrophobic, there would be no way in hell I'm doing this test. There's no way. I'm, t- I'm not trying to psych anyone out. If you have claustrophobia, I'm really not, but I don't know how you do it because it's bad enough you get in the tube, but then they put the hockey mask thing maybe half to a quarter inch away from your face and you're sitting there for a long time. I'm not claustrophobic, as I said, but when they first put the hockey mask on, we'll just call it a hockey mask, uh, I paused. I was, whoa, that's a little much. They give you an emergency button to hold. You go in the tube, you get the typical annoying MRI with beeping and loud noises. It lasts 25 minutes. I was fine. I almost fell asleep. Then you get dressed, you leave, and that's it. In less than two hours, I had my results emailed to me. I tried Googling to interpret them, and it was way too confusing. There's all these factors when you do a brain scan, such as age, the normal atrophy of the brain past 40, because it does atrophy past 40. And I don't know what's normal. I don't know what what's not. It's all scientific language. So I kind of gave up on the Googling. Dr. Pegg then had me purchase the NeuroQuant analysis in the survivingmold.com store for $25. And I plugged in the numbers 
from my NeuroQuant scan and received a report. And here's what mine look like. So you guys understand what they're looking for if you get NeuroQuant done. My mold score was six. That means basically I mold. <laughs> like everything we knew, this verified that yes, I have mold in my body, in my brain. Not ideal, but that's just a situation. We already knew it. Lyme score zero. I do not have Lyme. Asymmetry found none. So that's good. Lyme, no Lyme, good. Asymmetry found none, good. When you look at the actual neuroquant analysis, it's an evaluation of the brain structure between the left and right brain. They measure the volume of each side in each section of the brain. For example, they measure the left and right side of the latrical ventricle. And if there is significant asymmetry, that could indicate Alzheimer's. I had no asymmetry. They look at areas like the hippocampus, amygdala, etc., to determine if there is asymmetry in volume. And if there is, that could be an issue. From what I read and understand, the asymmetry has to be significant enough and everyone's brain isn't perfectly symmetrical. And after age 40, as I said, we all atrophy. But the question is, is there too much atrophy? And does that signal neurodegenerative decline, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, Huntington's disease, etc.? Everything looked good on my report except for two areas in my caudate nucleus and thalamus. I had notable atrophy. So what does that mean? Okay, so here's good news. So I waited to record this episode because I just had a phone meeting with Ruth, who is the SIRS health coach, who is Dr. Pegg's daughter. It's a family business. Very cool. And I received a lot of answers. And here we go. Okay. The mold score of six indicates that I have mold, as I said. The atrophy in the caudate nucleus and thalamus is normal for SIRS and should reverse in a year if I keep to the protocol, which you all know I'm going to do because that's who we are, right? We are those people. And she also noted that it wasn't terrible atrophy. It's not something that's completely concerning or worrying, but it's good to note. It's good I got NeuroQuant, so I know this about myself because she said a lot of people who don't get NeuroQuant, we don't know, but now you have that baseline and you know. And she said, if you keep to the protocol in a year, you go back, you get NeuroQuant, then everything should be pretty much a normal brain and a happy functioning brain. According to all the testing so far, the blood work, the NeuroQuant scan, the MOCA test, the VSP vision test, and including my inflammatory markers, I have a mild case of biotoxin illness, which is great and should be reversible. Now, they've told me many times, Dr. Peg and Ruth have said, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. So as I've said before, this may take me a while to reverse. Like, I don't think that... I think I will feel a lot better by December. Right now it's October. It's October 11th. So I should feel better. But am I going to just feel off the charts and like my old self again, which I don't even know what my old self again is if I've been exposed to mold since I was five months old. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I couldn't even tell you. But uh, yeah, I have to have, I wouldn't say no expectations because you have to have some expectations with this type of thing. But I would say I have to have a realistic outlook 
or perspective on how long this is going to take. And my guess is probably from when I started in, when did I start? I started around June, July, probably going to be a year. That's my guess. The exciting part is I always talk about those potato chips with avocado oil I eat. Guess what? I can still eat them. There was nothing unlimited on them. They said, okay, just live your life. Your MMP9 isn't that high, so you're not going crazy on any of that. I just have to focus on increasing my detoxing because as I said before, I don't sweat that much and now it's biting me in the ass. So I have to do more sauna once a week, Epsom salt baths, and just really sweat in general. So I every day now, I have to sweat and I have to be serious about it. I can't sit there and half-ass this, and I have been half-assing it. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. But now I'm like, no, fuck this. I'm getting to the finish line. I'm going to do this shit. I'm going to feel better, and I'm going to feel like someone I've never felt before. So hit me up if you know of any other inexpensive ways to detox, because you guys, money is just going out like water on this one. <laughs> Don't give me away that costs $2,000 if you know anything else that you think would be really good for me detox-wise. I would love to know any of your suggestions. So you can DM me at two inches off the ground on Instagram, or you can email me at freespiritpodcasts at gmail.com. Then Ruth also talked about incorporating an N100 mask for mold. She said they're specifically for mold. And when I feed hay that I should do this just in case the hay is moldy because I have cows. She also reminded me that any sign of improvement no matter how small, is a huge victory. And I have been seeing signs of improvement as I've talked about in the last two episodes. So I'm very excited about that. Now I have a baseline in my brain and I feel really good about this. I don't love all the health stuff I had to do this year, especially when it involved a doctor's office, but I'm grateful that insurance covered most of it. And I had to do what I had to do. For 2024, I'd like to completely get off this medical train. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. But 2023 was a lot between the SIRS and eye surgery and still, you know, figuring out UC. But then I kind of have become addicted because next year I'm thinking about getting a pre-nuvo scan and debating genetic testing. I don't know my genetics because I'm adopted. I may visit a biological dentist and I may work with a natural eye doctor for next year, but that's all very holistic, natural things. So did I create a monster? I don't know. I probably did. I like gaining knowledge about my health. So, you know, what can you do? Let's move on back to what we're all here to discuss, and that is UC. I've been having a lot of success with N-acetylglucosamine, and this is for leaky gut. It's also called NAG, and it coats the lining of the gut. And this is what I've realized is I would kind of go off and on of coating the lining of the gut because when you're coating the lining of the gut, you're also coating the lining of the intestines, right? So leaky gut, we're talking more stomach. And then what we have, you see you're talking intestines and you wanna make sure that both of the linings there are strong. And so I think one thing or important thing I've learned is that I constantly have to be coating it. 
I would take some sometimes and then go off sometimes and that doesn't work for me. I think I really just have to take one thing every morning and here's some examples of what coats the gut. L-glutamine, slippery elm, marshmallow root, aloe vera, bone broth, and some even use cabbage juice. I eat sauerkraut every day. The gut lining or the gut wall is permeable. So a lot of people will talk about this incorrectly and they say, oh no, you have to have a completely sealed vessel in the gut. That's not true. It's permeable, but it shouldn't have gaping holes. And that's what leaky gut is. If they they took a photograph of your leaky gut and x-ray, you would see gaping holes. We want to close those holes up. So we must seal or coat the lining. And I think as we all know, it has a lot to do with diet, especially with gluten. I had to give up gluten. I was not happy about that. You guys know it. I fought against that for how, how long, right? I fought against that for at least a year and a half, maybe. Yeah, probably at least a year and a half, but I finally gave it up. And I feel so much better because the gluten gets into your entire system because you have these gaping holes and it's not good. I still have dairy. I have some forms of dairy and I have very small amounts of dairy, but I do, for me, I still have that until it's a problem. But I just want to remind people that pick something where you can really coat that lining of the gut. I just gave you suggestions. Right now I'm finding I have a lot of success with NAG. I just switched from L-glutamine to NAG. And what I do is I take a capsule in the morning, an hour separate from everything else. And that's what I've heard what uh, Jessica Johnson, my natural doctor from episode 45, that's what she said to do with L-glutamine, with NAG, because you want to coat the lining of the gut and the intestines first before you try to eat anything. So that's the first thing I do now in the morning is I take that in the AM. I want to say too that I did try taking L-glutamine at night and I could not sleep. So I just want to warn everyone of that. I'm not saying that's normal, but that's a reaction I had. So be careful if you're like, hey, I'd rather take it at night and coat my gut. Be careful because I had an insomnia reaction. I take an NAG capsule that also has vitamin E, zinc, carnosine, which helps reduce inflammation, aloe vera, rutin, which is found in plant pigmentation and is anti-inflammatory, and quercetin, which is actually really good for seasonal allergies. And when I went to my acupuncturist this last time, which was not even a week ago, she had taken my pulse and she was saying my lung chi is very good, meaning that at this time of the year in the Northeast, there are a lot of fall allergies. And she said, my lung chi looks so good that she can tell that I'm not really suffering from allergies. As I had told you before, I've had a few days that weren't amazing, but nothing terrible. And she also said that a lot of her patients, she could see the imbalance in the lung chi and that they were really suffering, but I wasn't. So, you know, I'm sure the quercetin is helping with that. So that's an NAG that I really love taking. Be careful of the ingredients, especially with that section that says other ingredients that they often kind of hide. I'm not saying they intentionally do it, but sometimes you have to really look for it. And those other ingredients are what the capsule is made of. There is something they're now making capsules with called L-leucine or leucine. It is spelled 
L-E-U-C-I-N-E. It is an amino acid. You can research it. For example, bodybuilders use it. I didn't realize that I was taking another capsule with leucine. So I don't think I'm getting a negative reaction from it, but definitely, you know, make sure that if you take something with leucine, just watch it for a week or two and see if there's any weird reaction because you're always thinking that you're getting the reaction from the main ingredient, but it may be from the capsule. Whatever you choose from NAG to cabbage juice, make sure you're coating your gut and intestinal lining. And if you feel that daily is correct for you, then that's great. Remember, you always want to talk about this with a doctor, a health professional, a natural doctor. I will tell you, adding this to my protocol and doing it correctly where I have it in the morning before anything else has been an absolute game changer for me and has really helped me feel good. All right, so let's move on to everyone's favorite, progesterone imbalance. (laughs) You will find that women with UC, Crohn's, IBD have hormonal issues. That's common. You'll find you guys that healthy women have hormonal issues. You know, no one, they don't have an autoimmune disease. They don't have UC, they don't have anything. And they have hormonal issues because as we age, as you guys very well know, the hormones start to really fuck us. And uh, yeah, keep in mind from the previous two episodes, I've been talking about having a low MSH, which is a group of very specific hormones. And the body is holistic, meaning that one thing affects everything because it's all to me coming from the same source. For men with IBD, you may experience testosterone imbalance. And for women, especially for women in perimenopause, which is a step before menopause, it's progesterone. Now I'm 45. So I am, oh, I am in perimenopause. It is good time. (laughs) They will tell you that perimenopause starts around 35. Some say younger, which shocked me, but they say around 35 and up is perimenopause. It leads up to menopause, which usually starts around 50, some around 55 years of age. And it's just something you have to be aware of. I find that the symptoms of perimenopause have a lot to do with diet. So When I do extremely well on my diet, especially the no sugar thing, I don't really have symptoms. I go to my gynecologist, I just went not long ago, and she was giving me this whole list. She's like, do you have hot sweats? Hot sweats, oh my God. Do you have night sweats? No. Do you have this? No. Do you have that? No. And finally at the end, she goes, how do you not have any of this? Every single woman that comes in your, your age has this. And I said, listen, I have ulcerative colitis. I don't do the immunosuppressants, so I do everything super holistically. I do everything as naturally as I possibly can. I don't drink alcohol. I don't eat sugar. I don't, you know, I went down the whole thing. And she said, oh, okay, now I understand. So I really think, obviously, genetics play into it, but I also think that diet has a big part in perimenopause and how much you feel it and how much you don't feel it. But then again, genetics do too. So here I am again, as I talked about, and I'm literally in this cycle right now, today, this moment, in that three to four nights of where I hardly sleep. The first night, I maybe slept two hours. And then the second night, 
I maybe slept four hours and didn't fall asleep until 2 a.m. I tried everything, you guys. I tried sleep herbs, tart cherry, melatonin, vitamin D. Not a damn thing helped. Finally, I was really frustrated. So I got up (laughs) out of my bed and I researched the hell out of it because now it's interfering with the quality of my life because I was thinking to myself, okay, now around this time, I can't schedule this and I shouldn't record with people. That's not good. That's not good at all. So I figured out that this all led to the signs of low progesterone. And a lot of times what happens is I don't sleep at the beginning of my period. I do have night sweats. I said to the gynecologist, I don't, but I've noticed with this and I forgot, maybe one night in the cycle, I will have night sweats. And now I'm starting to get headaches, which make me extremely unhappy. So I realized I really have to address this. At 38 years old, which was seven years ago, I went to a fancy hormone doctor and I tried natural progesterone. She had tested me, done all the hormones, and she said, you have low progesterone. I guess it was estrogen dominant, which is not good. And so we tried a natural progesterone pill. I had horrible reactions to it. I was shaking. I couldn't eat. I couldn't focus. We went down to the smallest dosage and then I cut that in half and I was still shaking and sick and everything. And I refused to go to progesterone because progesterone is the artificial hormone. I wanted to stay with the natural progesterone. And she said, listen, we've tried everything. You're going to have to find something on your own basically. And just to warn you, this is going to get worse as you age. And I just want you to know that. So just be well aware. So this started biting me in the ass about six months ago. Luckily, yesterday, I had an appointment with Jessica Johnson, again, my ND from episode 45, and she gave me a homeopic tincture of progesterone. I took one and a half doses of the tincture yesterday. And by the way, this is yet another thing I get to space out from the binder. Yay. And here is what happened. I went to bed at 9 p.m., My body felt tired. My mind felt tired. I knew I could sleep, but I also knew it would take a while. And by the way, 9 p.m., unless I'm really tired, is a little early for me. I would say 10 p.m. is more normal. So I laid awake (laughs) until around 11 p.m. I got up. I took two capsules of tart cherry. I fell asleep around 11.30 p.m. and I woke up at 7.10 a.m., So considering that last night normally would have been one of the hardly sleeping nights, I'm over the moon. I feel like the progesterone really worked along with the tart cherry and that it was only a day of having it in my system. Jessica wants me to take one to two doses of progesterone tincture daily to build up in my system. This is very interesting. She also informed me that 75% of her clients have low progesterone, I guess females, what she's talking about, and love this tincture. So I'm very happy about this. I will keep you posted, but so far so good. I may look into something called Chasteberry, which is supposed to help with low progesterone, but I get very nervous about the berry things because I had a really bad incident with goji berries. Goji berries are very high in histamine. I went to this tea shop with my friend and I had goji berry tea and I was so sick. It was so bad. So when I do the berry thing, 
it's not my favorite to experiment with that. So I'm going to look into that, see about what people say about histamines, but I'll let you know if I do go on to that. But the tart cherry does work for me. If you have low progesterone, you may want to consult with Jessica Johnson, see what she has to say. You can consult with a natural doctor around you. You can go to one of these fancy hormone doctors if you're a male and you're feeling the same about testosterone. And I actually knew someone in my past who had low T or low testosterone and you get some of the same symptoms of the fatigue and not being able to sleep and not being able to sleep well and low libido and things like that. So yeah, if that's something you're feeling, make sure you go and at least get an answer. Is the hormone low? Is it high? Is it? And then you can consider what to do yourself because remember with UC, it's not uncommon to have hormone issues And also remember, so you don't feel like another fucking UC thing again, normal, I hate to say it, we're normal, but you know what I mean? The normal population that doesn't have UC or IBD or Crohn's or whatever, they struggle with hormone issues too. They struggle with perimenopause too. In fact, I would challenge people and say, we're actually healthier when it probably does come to hormones because we eat a really clean diet. And besides a really clean diet, which is helping us, we're well aware of our bodies and then we can fix the hormone problem and we have all these resources to do it. So everything is information and everything is information to help you feel better and heal. If you have gained any knowledge, insight, or comfort from these episodes, please support this podcast by my UC ebook my meditations, and consider donating. All the links are in the show notes. In my household, when we have a perfect shit, you know, when it slides out of your body, it's a perfect color and solidly formed. And you're so proud of yourself that you turn around the toilet and go, wow, we call that a green heart. I wish everyone a green heart day.